is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. God, it's good to be back. And I want to thank all the great hosts who took time out of their vacations to fill in. And um, we spent most of our vacation in and around the hospital as well as home. My wife had major back surgery. She's recovering as I speak, listening as I speak, and I, we love her very much, and of course, we're hoping for the best. It just takes a long time to recover from major back surgery. It's a new year. Now, you know, it's weird, this new year stuff. Like, suddenly things are going to change. It's a new year. So suddenly the police state that is the Biden administration is going to back off. So suddenly the border is going to be secured. So suddenly we're going to properly fund the United States military. So suddenly the miscreants, malcontents, terrorists supporting Marxists in the streets are going to go away. So suddenly half the nation that hates the cops will embrace the cops. And I can go on and on. It doesn't work that way. Now, I don't mean to throw a wet blanket on New Year's Eve. But I think it's best described by what took place at CNN. I don't watch it. I despise it. It's not a news network. It is a collection of social misfits. And there, there's two gentlemen drinking tequila to bring in the new year. That's about the way it goes over there at CNN. Yeah, that's the way it goes. You think Hamas cares that it's a new year? Islamic Jihad? You think the gangs in our cities slaughtering each other, they think, give a damn that it's a new year? Really? They could care less. I'm worried about 2024. A lot. I'm worried about it a lot. And so it is. 
that we have to recognize what we're up against in order to engage it and defeat it. God gave us free will. We pray to God, most of us. But what we learn from the Bible is God gives us free will to follow what's right or to follow what's wrong. And we pay the consequences. You and I, we, really by by blessings, by, by things out of our control, we were born in the United States of America. What a fantastic country. Embraces individualism, free will, liberty, private property rights. Government's supposed to be limited and diversified. So if people want to make something of themselves, they can do it. But if people don't, then they wind up on the streets. But that doesn't mean we don't try and help people who need help. I mean, we're breaking our country's back financially in the name of redistribution of wealth. But that's not my point. Republics don't survive very long. The Roman Republic, even though the empire lasted a thousand years, survived less than 500 years. Athens, less than that. The British Empire is no longer an empire. Britain's been invaded. Europe's been invaded from the Middle East. That's right, I said it, and I will say it, and that's the statistics. As I said, I speak the truth, and we've got to confront what's taking place. I've told you before, the puzzle about liberty, what vexes us about liberty is liberty gives evil people the ability to destroy it. You hear people even today saying, you know, well, these people have a right to protest and so forth. Shutting down airports, threatening people, scaring people, talking about the annihilation of people. Tell me, how many people have gone to prison over these acts? None. None. Not one. Not one. I laugh. January 6th was an insurrection. Really? An unarmed insurrection? Where nobody was killed except one person by the Capitol Police? That's some insurrection. Where the President of the United States offered the National Guard to protect the Capitol building and it was rejected by the Democrats? That's some insurrection. There was no insurrection on January 6th. You are living through an insurrection right now. It doesn't have to have a specific date that we put on a calendar. It doesn't have to have a specific moment that we talk about every year and lament. It has been a slow-burning insurrection. In academia, which hands out tenure to Islamists, tenure to Marxists, tenure to people who hate America, faculty at Poison Ivy Colleges, who in turn hire the faculty that, that follows them? Hire this president. I'll get the president gay in a minute. 
Look at our media. Look at these people. They're not serious people. They're punks. Those of us who went to college, those of us who went to law, we've seen people like this. They're fools. They're buffoons. They have no accountability. They have no responsibility. And yet they are accountable for and responsible for the great divide in many respects in this country. If they only told the truth or even tried to tell the truth, that they take sides and they take the wrong sides. We have people in this country who hate the country. Why are people driving around in cars with the Palestinian flag? Referencing the Third Reich. Referencing Auschwitz. Who do these people vote for? Think they vote for Donald Trump? Think they would vote for any Republican? Who are these people? Well, let me get right to the middle of it. Immigration and academia and the media. This is the, the iron triangle of evil in America today. The media is a concept, free speech, freedom of the press, crucially important to a republic if it's going to survive. No question about it. But we don't have that. We don't have a free press of free speech. Certain speech is permitted and certain speech isn't permitted, depending on your ideology, depending on your viewpoint. We don't have a free press. We don't have a press that, that actually tries to report news in as objective way as possible. We know this. I wrote an entire book on it, on freedom of the press. There's a study that just came out that about 3.7% of the press is Republican. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's not a free press. That is an ideological propaganda operation. That's what it is. That's what you see every day. That's what you hear every day if you're watching television, mostly cable, except for Fox and a few others. The purpose of immigration is to strengthen our country, not to weaken it. And immigrants are supposed to respect the laws, the rules, the people, the culture of the country to which they seek to enter. They are to embrace the culture. They are to be assimilated into our culture, not the other way around. What you see in the streets the last several months is the opposite. You don't see patriotic Americans voicing their rights, their free speech rights about some issue. No. You see people in the streets who are a recent generation, young, first, second generation in the streets making the most vile, anti-American, anti-Semitic statements. We've ever heard in this country, ever. And they're joined by the Marxists. And sometimes they're one and the same. But not always. And who are the Marxists? Well, they can be immigrants too, but many of them are homegrown. They're punks. 
They're not the 65% of the American people who don't go to college. They're the 34, 35% of the people who've graduated from a four-year, quote-unquote, education, a.k.a. indoctrination. They come out of our colleges and universities brainwashed. And that's the way it was supposed to be. That's the way John Dewey wanted it 120 years ago. That's the way Marx taught them. Destroy all social norms. Destroy the status quo. Destroy the relationship between the child and the parent. Destroy it all. Create something new. And what do they create? It's not new. It's tyranny. These two forces have joined. And by the way, they all vote Democrat. Maybe they'll vote third party, but they don't vote Republican. Republicans have their own problem, but not related to this per se. Why do you think the border is open? Does it help the United States of America, the citizens who are here, the legal immigrants who are here, does it help when nearly 800,000 aliens have hit our border since October 1st? Where millions of people have come into this country unvetted, we have no idea who they are. This is purposeful. This isn't an accident. This isn't Mother Nature. It's not climate change. This is purposeful. This is Obama. And the other Marxists. Biden's administration is Obama's administration. It's the third term. It's exactly what it is. Biden hates this country. What do you mean, Mark? Well, he's a funny way of loving it. Funny way of showing he supports it. But it's Obama. It's his troopers throughout the government who are doing this. The bigger the government gets, the less control and say you have over it. And now you have almost no say and no control over it. Right? Academia. For half a century, under the rubric of academic freedom, the Marxists, the leftists, the radicals, call them what you will, have spent that time building an infrastructure within our academic system. Tenure, hiring practices, ideological tests, the impossibility of removing a professor, claiming it's all academic freedom and free speech when it's, of course, the opposite. They own, they own higher education in this country. We don't. We don't even have a say. Oh, there's a few outliers out there, a few colleges, a few. But there's thousands of colleges in this country. Why do you think that their budgets are open-ended? Why do you think student loans are being waived? Then you have the media, the American media. The American media is a propaganda operation. When one says something, it's whispered down the lane, they all say the same thing. There's no difference between the Sunday shows, there's no difference other than Fox, between the morning shows, there's no difference between and among the hosts. It's the same damn thing. 
no matter what channel you put on, no matter what newspaper you read. I'm getting to a point, but I have to take a break. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, in the last three years, 1.2 million student visas have been issued, Mr. Producer. 1.2 million foreign students. The largest number comes out of communist China. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? I mean, there's so many simple things. Well, Mark, what do we do about it? First of all, we have to win an election. And after the bottom of the hour, I'm going to give you the Levin agenda for winning an election. And not just the agenda, but how you present it. Mark, why don't you run for president? I get this all the time. I'll tell you why. Because I know my limitations. I know my limitations. When we come back, I will tell you what I consider the agenda how we present it, and how we win this damn election, even overcoming what will be systemic enshrined fraud in these blue states. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? Doesn't that... Send a chill down your spine, Mr. Producer. And Reagan went on to win one of the greatest landslides in American electoral history. 49 states, electoral college victory. And if he had gotten 1,500 more votes in Minnesota, he would have beaten Mondale, would have been all 50 states. Just under 60% of the vote. Now that can't happen today because of demographics, honestly, that have taken place over the last 45 years or so. It's not possible. But it ought to be possible to get 52, 54% of the vote. Well, Mark, you just said it's a new... Listen, Reagan pounded the hell out of Jimmy Carter in 1980, and he pounded the hell out of Mondale. You do that with the left fist and with the right fist... You portray America as America should be, and as in many cases is, not through the 
spectrum of the media, not through the spectrum of the Islamists or the Marxists or the isolationists or whatever you want to call them. Regular Americans. Americans are yearning for this. They're yearning for it. I see four major issues. Now, there are many sub-issues, but I see four major issues. Number one, kitchen table issues. When Reagan first ran for president in 1980, inflation was through the roof, much worse than it is even now. People could not afford homes. They couldn't get loans for automobiles. The price of fuel was through the roof. People were very unhappy. Working men and women care about PhDs and all the rest. The heart and soul of the country, the people who make the country work, not the people who write white papers about the country. Reagan won blue-collar America. He won middle-class America. He was not an elitist. He was not a Washington insider. He despised the ruling class. They despised him. Some of the people you see on TV who worked for George Bush and others, they fought Reagan in the Republican primaries, even though today they, oh, what about Reagan? Chris Christie never worked for Reagan. He was a Bush guy. The Sununus were Bush guys. I'm just pointing something out. So the economy is number one. Every poll shows it to be number one, but it's always number one. So we have to attack left-wing Democrat Party policies that are killing the golden goose. If you're wringing the neck of the golden goose, it cannot lay the golden eggs. It's that simple. There, I've explained capitalism in one sentence. Everything the Democrats do is a war against the private sector. It's a war against the middle class. You need health care? You have to get it from us. You need an income? You have to get it from us. On and on and on. Americans have had enough experience with big government to know it's a huge problem. But link it to the table issues, the kitchen table issues, the price of food. The price of fuel is still way high for people who are heating their homes and so forth. The inconveniences that are created by government intervention. Look, I spent an incredible amount of my life reading scholarly books and articles. But that's not how you win elections. You have to take that information and lay it out in plain English. So people who are suffering from government, people who are suffering from Democrat Party policies, people who are suffering from American Marxism, they know that you reject all this and you stand with them. One of the first things Ronald Reagan did when he was elected president of the United States, you know what he did? He lifted regulations on the production of oil and natural gas immediately. Number two, immigration. 
There's not a country on the face of the earth that can survive or has survived open borders. Not one. Not one. That's why national sovereignty is important. That's why nations have borders. That's why they have a military to protect their country. To protect their borders. To protect their sovereignty. We've gone to war to protect our sovereignty. But our sovereignty is being destroyed from within. When you have open borders. That's not humane. It's not humane to the citizenry of the United States. It's not humane to legal immigrants. It's not even humane to the immigrants who are being raped, brutalized, abused. There's nothing humane about it. But it's part of the ideological Marxist movement. It's the white versus everybody else model. The oppressed versus the oppressor, as I first explained in American Marxism. Whether it's Arthur Schlesinger Jr., a longtime Harvard Democrat, who was extraordinarily close and an advisor to John Kennedy, and later an advisor to Lyndon Johnson, not as close, and his father was an advisor to Democrat presidents and also an intellectual. He wrote the book, Disuniting America. Way back when, 30, 40 years ago, he rejected the idea of open immigration. Governor Lamb, I've played for you what he said some 20 years ago. Democrat, Colorado, you want to destroy America? Well, do exactly what Biden's doing right now. You're destroying America. You see what's going on in the streets? You see what's going on in the streets? People waving Palestinian flags? They are not, as CNN and Media Matters and Mediaite and MSNBC would have you believe, just peaceful believers in a Palestinian state. That's not what they're saying. They're supporting terrorism and the annihilation of the Jews. And they hate America. I think you see a lot of the same people who were involved in the 2020 riots are involved in the street protests today. I believe that strongly. This fusion of Marxists and Islamists. It's there in the open. Just, just go online and read what CARE has to say. Go online and read what students for Palestine have to say. Just go online and read them. They tell you. They don't hide it. The media hide it. So immigration. And that's an easy discussion to have as a candidate. And the American people aren't going to be fooled anymore by the word xenophobia. Oh, then you must be xenophobia. Nobody wants to hear this anymore. Because you believe in American sovereignty as people assimilating into your culture, having a manageable, well-administered immigration policy. Academia. There are things that can be done and must be done and must be done quickly to deal with the poison 
the brainwashing, the indoctrination of the Marxists and the Islamists in our classrooms. The power of the purse can be used. The power of the bully pulpit can be used. An aggressive enforcement mechanism through the Department of Justice can be used. And it ought to be spoken about as true free speech, true academic freedom. Because now we have thugs, hoodlums, malcontents, revolutionaries running our colleges and universities. And national security. You know, last night, four of us in the family gathered together and we watched a movie, Tora, Tora, Tora. Most of you probably watched it too. At some point in the past several decades. And it was the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, of course. We were flat-footed. And despite the horrendous destruction that took place, we were also lucky because two of our main carriers were not in the Hawaiian harbor. Or the Japanese could have hit San Francisco. They could have hit the West Coast. And it would have been very difficult to stop them. We are facing horrendous evil not just from within that I just discussed but from without and here's where some of our isolationist friends have joined with the likes of a Bernie Sanders and AOC while claiming America first actually paint us as imperialists and colonialists and are extraordinarily myopic Despite what's going on in the world, you have an aggressive, expanding communist China that to some levels of our military preparedness is number one. You have a desperate Russia, not because of us, but because of Putin. And you have rising Islamists Islamist State in Iran, Syria, other parts of the Middle East, and they're backing these massive terrorist movements. We're actually funding them. We have an administration that's actually funding it. And when the hell the Republicans are going to wake up and get this impeachment thing straight, I don't know. I don't know how many more times I can explain to them what they need to do, but obviously they're smarter than I am. We need to build up our military. If you love this country, if you love this country, and you fear communism, and you fear Islamism, you have to prepare your nation for war, not to launch a war. To fend off a war. We've reached a point, apparently, 
where we can't even help the Ukrainians and the Israelis at the same time with armaments. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to date myself, but during the Reagan administration, he inherited a similar situation from Jimmy Carter, and he directed his fantastic Secretary of Defense, Caspar Weinberger, build up the military. And the government was shut down several times because the same Democrat mindset and media mindset was no. Reagan's was yes. He made it a top priority to defeat the Soviet Union, which he did without firing a bullet in Moscow. And that's the point. You have to be much stronger than your enemies. Not just in case there's a war, but in order to prevent one. Military strength is the opposite of provocation. It's deterrence. But we have a big problem in this regard in our country. The Democrats don't support our military. They're destroying our our training mechanisms, our personnel, their morale with all the woke crap. But I'd say a good third, if not more, maybe 40% of the Republican Party. Is the Republican Party the 1930s? And Hitler was on the rise, and Tojo was on the rise, and Mussolini was on the rise. Oh, that's their problem. They're even attacking Britain, Hitler. Oh, that's his, that's their problem. I want to address this further when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. four minutes in this segment. Let me, let me say this. I don't support forever wars either. And I don't like the way our wars have been fought in the last three, four decades. But what does that have to do with defending ourselves today? We need to learn lessons, both from the isolationists, that they're wrong, and from the guys with the forever wars. They're wrong. That's not Prudence when it comes to foreign policy and national security. But let me give you a little hint. Iran, North Korea, China, and Russia. You tell them, we don't care what you do in the Middle East. We don't care what you do in Europe. We don't care what you do in Southeast Asia. We're just here in America. We need to secure our border and that's good enough. Let me tell you a little secret. They're not, they're not going to be influenced by that other than to be very excited, put their foot on the gas pedal, and attack us. Like they're attacking us in the Middle East right now because they know Joe Biden's not going to do a damn thing about it. This is complicated. I want to carry it over next hour. I've got a lot more. Stick with me. It's great to be back. God bless you. And I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post. 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... God, it's good to be back. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Economy, link it to kitchen table issues, and there's a lot there. Immigration, a lot there. Academia, a lot there. And national security. I'm not saying become a rabid interventionist like Lindsey Graham. Reagan was not a ragged uh, a, a uh, interventionist. But on the other hand, don't turn into Charles Lindbergh. And I'm not talking about the patriotic Charles Lindbergh in the St. Louis. I'm talking about Charles Lindbergh and the isolationist movement. And right after we attacked at Pearl Harbor, he admitted he made a horrible mistake. And he began a bond drive to raise as much money as they could to build up our military. See, here's the thing. Lindbergh, people like that. The true pacifists, isolationists, and really appeasers. They didn't have the history and experience we have today to look back at. We do. We know how Pearl Harbor happened. We know. And we know the consequences of not being prepared for war. We know that the British needed help. And FDR essentially violated the Constitution and did the Lend-Lease program. Our closest ally, who was under dire life and death threat from Nazi Germany. That's how bad it got. In fact, the Japanese attacked us at Pearl Harbor because they said and they saw the nations divided. They're weak. They don't have a stomach for war. They don't even build their military. It's not even a priority. They have a lot of World War I junk. And they attacked. And look how many men we lost. The Peasers cost lives. They cost lives. And the choice isn't between a Peaser and a warmonger. Boy, you ought to see the comments, right, Mr. Bedusa, that I get? You neocon Jew warmonger. Oh, those are just some of the, uh, you know, more intelligent ones. No, not at all. I'm an American. And I want our country protected. So do Italian Americans and Irish Americans and German Americans and African Americans and on and on and on down the list. Americans. I want my country protected. I want my family and my kids protected. We're being destroyed from within, and we're being threatened from without. And the more we destroy ourselves from within, the more the enemy is going to move on us. And let me tell you a little secret, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to force Mr. Producer to go back four or five years to find it. 
But four or five years ago, I made the point that we are in a Cold War with communist China right now. We may not think so, but they sure as hell know so. Hong Kong is gone. In the snap of a finger, Hong Kong is gone. The South China Sea is loaded with phony islands and communist Chinese military. The communists are stealing Philippine islands. They're threatening Japanese islands. They're taking navigable waters away from their former ally, the communists in Vietnam. They have a base on the Solomon Islands where my grandfather fought. A naval base. They have a naval base on the western side of Africa aimed toward us. They have the contracts for both sides of the Panama Canal, for God's sake. They built a spy installation in our hemisphere. What happened to the Monroe Doctrine? doesn't even exist anymore. But close your eyes. That's not our problem. What's the problem? It's not our problem. Well, this administration is destroying energy independence. Where we have to rely on the Middle East now for oil. It had been a half-century goal to have energy independence, which we got under Donald Trump. And worse than that, they're destroying the combustion engine. They don't have a replacement, one that's affordable, one that's reliable. They don't have enough electricity because they haven't figured out electricity comes from natural gas and, and coal and so forth. We're destroying the country from within, and we have threats overseas. Now, that's a thumbnail sketch. Each one of these could be a week's worth of programming. But then you've got to make the case. I said there are four issues here. That's on one side of the ledger. And then there's one big issue on the other side of the ledger. Patriotism. Patriotism. Most Americans love America. Unfortunately, the percentage is getting smaller and smaller, but still most Americans love America. Most Americans are not American Marxists. Most Americans are not Islamists. Most Americans don't graduate from four-year colleges where they're indoctrinated by these predators who get tenure. Most Americans want nothing to do with this, but they don't have a voice. On the other side of the ledger, patriotism. And I want again to tell you what it sounds like. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. 
It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? So in the context of a Trump or DeSantis or whomever, obviously they would change the narrative. But you would explain the possibilities of America, where we came from, even under Trump's four years, which were amazing. America doesn't have to be this way. And talk about it. Look, this is anecdotal. I spent a lot of the past several days in New Jersey where my wife is recovering, going to small towns like Ridgewood, other small towns in New Jersey, several. People come up to me. They're upset. They're dispirited. And you can imagine why. We all are. But that's the goal, to spirit the American people. They throw up their hands. They don't engage. We complain for damn good reason. But that doesn't fix anything. The other side is 24-7, energized and motivated. They have a goal to destroy this country. Destroy your way of life. Destroy the American family. Destroy our border. On and on and on. So what motivates people? First of all, tell them the truth. My four points. What needs to be done. And then, talk about America's greatness. And you'll be the only candidate running for president who does. I'm talking about in a general election. You'll be the only candidate running for president who does. And when Joe Biden turns to, say, President Trump or DeSantis, whomever you want to fill in the blank, whomever it is, it doesn't matter. That's not my point. Talks about fear-mongering, This group, that group, you turn to him and you be prepared. And you say to him, this is the problem the American people have with you. You don't believe in the American people. You try to divide the American people on race and religion and any other way you can. That's what you do. That's what your party does. That's what your media do. And then explain this is a magnificent country. It's not a racist country. It's not a misogynist country. It's not a bigoted country. Ask all the people pouring over the border illegally. Every race, every color, every shade, every religion, every physical feature you can think of. They know something that Joe Biden doesn't know. That America is a great place. Ask the men and women in uniform to put their lives on the line. You think they're putting their lives on the line for a horrible country? For a racist nation? 
for a misogynist nation? No. And most of the people who trash this country have never worn the uniform of this country, and their parents haven't either. People want to hear good things about their country because they have a stake in it. You folks listening to this pro, you con- program, you contribute to the greatness of this country. Whatever you do, you might be an electrician or a plumber, a bus driver, a Lyft, taxi driver, Uber driver. Whatever you are, you might be a cop or a firefighter. Every day you contribute to this country. You make it work. You're not one of the adults, one of the miscreants in the street, demanding things from somebody else, abusing other people, yelling slogans to eviscerate an entire population of human beings. You're repulsed by this. You're you're repulsed by the wokeism. You're repulsed by the idea that a woman is a man and a man is a woman. You're disgusted by the whole damn thing. And you're right. It's a statesman. A patriot. It's that message. That this is a great country. We've had failed ruling class. We've had a failed ruling class. We've had failed leaders. Not all, but many. We've had failed regimes. Not all, but many. We've had failed military leadership. Failed leadership at DHS that won't secure the border. It's not the country that's bad. It's the ruling class and the establishment that sucks. The country's great. The Declaration is great. The Constitution is great. It's the judges who are a disgrace. It's the bureaucrats at DOJ and the FBI. They're a disgrace. It's not the institutions that have let us down. It's the people in them, particularly the higher ranks, that have let us down. And in fact, have turned on us. Not the country. These people lack virtue. John Adams said, you cannot have liberty without virtue. He wrote a whole book on it. Others have written about it too. And of course they're correct. Virtue requires morality. Big story out there about the Epstein list is going to come out. Day in and day out, the Epstein list is going to come out. The names of people who are abusing little girls and so forth and so on. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that'll come out. Nation's very focused on this. There's been more reporting on that on CNN and MSNBC and elsewhere than on the number of little girls and women who've been raped on the border as a result of Biden's open borders policy. Think about that. which are in the thousands. The sex slavery in the thousands as a result of our own policies. That's not America. That's Biden. He's doing this. I'll be right back. (laughs) 
Mark Lovin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And they put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. I want to address something. I don't want to prolong it. Can you support Israel and support the United States at the same time? Or if you support both, are you really just the support of Israel, not your own country? This kind of anti-Semitic attack has gone on for decades. It's gone on for decades by anti-Semites in our own country and even in Europe. What do you mean? What, what, what kind of a comment is that? In so many words. Where is the birth of Jesus Christ, Mr. Producer? In the Middle East, in Bethlehem. Abraham, the father of all three major religions. It wasn't in Guatemala. Your ancestry, my ancestry, predates the United States of America. It goes back thousands of years. Thousands of years. In the Bible, one of the reasons evangelical Christians or Christians across the board are so supportive of Israel is because of God's word. Now, I want to get into this briefly. I'm not going to prolong it, but I am disgusted with this crap. I can tell you that right now. And I will compare my patriotism, better yet, I will compare Ben Shapiro's patriotism to anybody else. I'll be right back. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. 
So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M, to make the switch, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. Mark Levin, the modern voice of the founding fathers. This is the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. So when I come on this microphone... For 21 years. And promote the United States of America against our enemies. Or when I've written 10 New York Times bestsellers, all of them about the United States. And I support the state of Israel. Does that mean I don't have fidelity to America, my home country? kind of crap is that? Oh, it's been said before. Patriotism. I'd be happy to compare mine to those who make such allegations. I'd be happy to compare how many people in my family have gone to war for this country compared to theirs. Members of my family when Pearl Harbor was attacked, they couldn't sign up fast enough. I've told you the story. My father was 17. He signed up. My grandfather, obviously not at the time, he was 34, right at the outer fringe. He signed up. His brother-in-law, he signed up. And my grandfather was right in the middle of it. He fought on Iwo Jima and he fought on Guam. And his brother-in-law, my great-uncle, he fought in Guadalcanal. Where the damn Chinese now have basic control. But now that's aside for now. These people who speak today, who've gone to prep schools and colleges or maybe they run organizations or whatever they do, they have no connection to reality, none whatsoever. None. The Islamists that Israel's fighting, whether it's Iran, the Muslim Brotherhood and their various appendages, They're not just out to destroy Israel, they're out to destroy us. We were hit on 9-11. We were hit on 9-11, not by Guatemalans. We were hit on 9-11 by the Islamists. Israel's the front line fighting the Islamists. Trying to protect their ancestral homeland and in turn the ancestral homeland of the Jews and the Christians and yes, even the Muslims. Iran is working with Russia. Iran is working with China. There's already an access out there. I said we're in a Cold War. I said it four or five years ago. There's already an access. It's China, Iran, and Russia. Like it or not, 
There they are. They don't give a damn what people say on cable TV here. What's it any of our business? We're tired of long wars. Oh, you want a short war where we lose? But I'm troubled by this. Because the United States and Israel are allies. So what is this attack on people who support Israel? And let me go further. The United States and the NATO countries are allies. Yes, you're right. They're not poning up what they need to. They've always been weak. Always. But we have people who say, pull out of NATO. Stop supporting Israel. I'm thinking, who are these people? Well, some of them are Hamas supporters. Some of them are Islamists in our own countries. Many of them are in Armenia. But then we have this group of Republicans. And we had it at the beginning of the Third Reich. Who think that their jingoism is sound foreign policy? Look, I'm a jingoist. I believe in America first. This is why I present the positions that I present, whether people like them or not, whether I'm going against the tide or not. I have to live with myself. I trust you and my audience to understand what I'm saying. Some of you may not agree. That's okay. I've been doing this a long time. Look, if you want somebody to agree, don't listen to radio or t- or do listen to some host. They'll tell you whatever you want to know. They're sitting there looking at the ratings, how many hits did I get, how many donations. I say what I believe. Based on my own knowledge. And I try and present it as rationally to you as I possibly can. There's already an axis out there. It's not Germany, Japan, and Italy. It's China, Russia, and Iran. And the alliance so far is U.S., NATO, and Israel. NATO is a weak ally. I got it. Trust me. I believe you. I agree with that. We got to address it. Trump addressed it. We got to do a better job of addressing it. But let me go back to this. So if you speak out in the middle of this horrendous assault on Israel against the American media, which has taken the side of Hamas. They won't admit it, but they have. They have. They undermine Israel. They do it over and over again. They've done it throughout their history. Including some self-hating Jews, may I add. I'm not allowed to use that phrase. Oh, you must be an anti Shut the hell up. They know who they are, and I know who they are. But this canard... This blasphemy. And I know it's out there. I know people think that about me too. But when it is said or implied about a guy like Ben Shapiro, it really turns my stomach. I've known Ben since he was a kid. Ben got his start in radio nationally as a substitute on my show, as many have. As many have. Read his books. 
Listen to what he says. He's a fierce defender of the Constitution, a fierce defender of the United States of America. And yet, he's a fierce defender of Israel. Why does he keep defending Israel? Why does he spend all his time on Israel? Which country does he really have loyalty to? That is the definition of an anti-Semite. Period. We have this element in the Republican Party. Just like they have in the Democrat Party. Where, they, where, where there is this overlap. Just as there were in the 1930s. Just as there was in the 1930s. And so, it has to be called out. It has to be addressed. It's not just in one case. It's in many cases. I know what people are thinking. And some people are saying. Mostly on the left, by the way. Mostly on the left. But that's not conservatism. It's not Americanism. It's not patriotism. It's some other ism. It just is. Wouldn't it be bizarre, Mr. Producer, if I sat behind this microphone, Jew or Christian or Muslim, whatever I am, and I don't discuss this? That I don't push back against CNN and MSNBC, I don't push back against AP and Reuters, I don't push back against the Washington Post and the New York Times, all American-hating platforms, and I've said it a thousand times, if you hate America, you hate Israel. If you hate Israel, you hate America. It's the same mindset. Oh, no, no, I love America. No. They really don't. It's the same people who say, we're the imperialists. We're the colonial. What are we doing over here? What are we doing? Let me tell you why we're in Europe, America. You know why we have bases in Europe? Because my family, your family, and other families fought over there, fought the Nazis, fought the Italians, and we won. And we put bases there so we wouldn't have to do it again. We weren't like Russia, what became the Soviet Union, gobbling up countries one after the other. And let me tell you something else. We denazified Germany. We eliminated the religious-like cult in support of Tojo and the Emperor in Japan. Before we let them free. Which is all that Israel is saying about Gaza. We, we have to win, but we have to denazify. No, no, you can't. No, no, we need to cease fire. No, no, you can't do that, you know. And the funny thing is, I can bring on some of the greatest, most popular most brilliant pastors on this program, like Pastor Heggie, and there are many, who strongly support the state of Israel. Not only for the reasons I said, but because of their embrace and belief in the Bible. 
Is that a bad thing? I think the question should be reversed. Why wouldn't you support Israel? I mean, in different ways. Maybe you don't think this should happen. But why wouldn't you be on Israel's side against the same Islamists who attacked us and want to destroy us? Iran is attacking us right now through its surrogates. Why would you take their side? I don't want to be on any side. Excuse me. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. By the way, this has been bothering me too. A little footnote here. As CNN, MSNBC, and the rest of the media talk about civilian casualties in Gaza, I have some questions to ask. How many Palestinian girls have been raped by Jewish IDF soldiers? None. How many Palestinian mothers have been raped by Jewish IDF soldiers? None. How many Palestinian babies have been decapitated by Jewish IDF soldiers? None. How many Palestinians have been burned alive? How many have been burned in ovens? How many have been shot in their vaginas? How many have had their breasts cut off? By Jewish IDF soldiers? None! You got that, Jake Tapper? There's a difference. There's a moral difference. You dumb bastard. That's right. You're damn right. And he's not alone. I'm all worked up. It's just the first day of the new year here. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. If you're a patriot and you love America, I don't give a damn what your background is. I don't give a damn what you do with your genitalia. If you do anything with your genitalia. I don't care about any of that. Period. So to try and myopically focus in 
on someone like Shapiro. They're just afraid to mention me, aren't they, Mr. Producer? But I know what they mean. Uh, exposes yourself. Expose yourself. Expose yourself. Everybody loves their country they were in, you know, that their ancestors came from. Well, not everybody, but most people. People love their faith, or they wouldn't embrace their faith. That's all good. You can be an assimilated American and still celebrate Columbus Day, although in some cities, you know how that goes. St. Patrick's Day, whatever you want. It's an identity. That's good. As long as you're an American and you embrace America and its principles. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But I would love these guys to tell us how they define patriotism. I'd like to see what their families have done or haven't done, being the great patriots that they are. Just curious. Great things they've done for America. I shall return. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Mark how come you're not talking more about this, this list that's going to come out, Mr. Producer? Well, let's wait for the list to come out. Shouldn't we, rather than talking about the list, shouldn't we talk about what's on the list when it's made public according to this judge, Mr. Producer? I mean, we got two days. Oh, the, the list, the list, and Clinton's on it, this one might be on it. Okay. We'll look at the list when the list comes out. I know who's not on it, me. But let's see when the list comes out. So what do we need two days of that for? Oh, the list. It'll be interesting to see who's on the list. But we don't have the list yet with the names on it. But we can keep talking about it. No, I don't want to. I've told you before that Jamie Raskin is a Marxist. We've invited him on the program to defend himself. He refuses to come on. He'll go everywhere else, of course. He's such a constitutional scholar, as all Marxists are. Father was a Marxist, too. 
sympathizer. The good old days during the Cold War. That's right, Jamie. I know who you are. It's also why Jamie was on every single impeachment effort against Trump. That's why he was on the January 6th committee. That's why he's constantly on the Sunday shows on CNN, MSLSD. He's the go-to guy. That's why they go to Bernie Sanders and AOC. They love the Marxists in the media. Love them. And when you call them Marxists, who you call Marxists? You, you pukes. So let's listen to Jamie Raskin and the hard-hitting question from Dana Bash in our free press. Cut to go. Three of the sitting justices were appointed by Donald Trump. And in addition to that, Justice Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny, texted with Mark Meadows about the 2020 election in the lead up to January 6th, as you will know. Should any of the justices recuse themselves? All right, let's stop there. What, you see what I mean by it? This is not a question. This is a statement. By the way, a very stupid statement by a very stupid woman. That's why she's at CNN. You have to be stupid to be at CNN. If every justice were to recuse him or herself based on the fact that they were appointed by a certain president, we'd never have a majority ruling on anything. That's not the basis of a recusal. The basis of a recusal is if you have an actual conflict, a material conflict of interest. Not that you were appointed by some president. Therefore, if there's an issue that comes up that's constitutional related to an election or something of that sort, you can't rule on it. Do you ever see left-wing justices take that position? You got the example of the district court in Washington, D.C., what the hell is her name again, Mr. Rudin? I've only said it a billion times, whatever. I've put it out of my head the last two weeks. She's a left-wing district court judge appointed by Obama. And she's ruled repeatedly in favor of the Biden government against Donald Trump. She said hostile things about Donald Trump. She won't recuse him herself. Nobody asks her. In the... Yeah, Chutkin. Thank you, sir. Chudkin. But let's all listen to what constitutional scholar, also Marxist, Jamie Raskin has to say. Go. They take this up. Well, um, finally, the Supreme Court has developed what they're describing as a code of ethics. It's not binding in the sense that they're not going to anyone else. They could have gone to, for example, circuit court justices. You Why would, uh, hold, hold on. Stop a second. The Supreme Court is the only court that's mentioned in the United States Constitution. Mr. Expert here, I guess, doesn't remember that. The circuit courts were created by Congress. They're the inferior court. So his suggestion is that they could allow the circuit courts to make determinations on ethics issue with the Supreme Court. That is utterly nonsensical. It might even be unconstitutional. But it's stupid. That hits his idea, so he's a, he must be brilliant. Go ahead. Supreme Court justices on a panel, but so they're, they're deciding for themselves, again, whether they're in violation of their code of ethics, but I think any... That's the way it works, clown. You guys do that in the House. You have your own committee. Equally divided among Democrats and Republicans. You decide by yourself whether there's an ethics violation. You don't ask the Senate, do you? You don't ask anybody else, do you, moron? 
Go ahead. Looking at this in any kind of dispassionate, reasonable way. Oh, would say, he's looking at it in a dispassionate, reasonable way. When it comes to Jamie Raskin, those are the words that come to mind. Dispassionate and reasonable. Not a knee-jerk Marxist hitman. No, no, no. That's not him. He's dispassionate. Anybody who's dispassionate and reasonable. Anybody who's object, another Anybody who agrees with him. Go ahead. Your wife was involved in the big lie and claiming that Donald Trump had actually won the presidential election. So what? And been- First of all, it's not a big lie. She raised questions. Everybody's allowed to do that. I mean, damn it, you were on the House floor trying to block Donald Trump from becoming president of the United States. You were trying to disenfranchise millions of voters in various states that had voted for Donald Trump. Don't you remember that clown? I mean, sir, constitutional expert. And there's Dana Bash. She's ready. And look at, look at the misogyny on that one. So he has a wife that's involved in politics or policy or decision-making, something like that. But she has her own career. She has her views. She has her right to free speech. She has a right to association. She has a right to all those things. So why do you project that onto the husband? See what I mean? See what a pig this guy is? Excuse me. Misogynist this guy is? I use their language. You know, the cops were pigs. No. Anyway, doesn't matter. Go ahead. Tating for that and participating in the events leading up to January 6th that you shouldn't be participating. So in. he should recuse himself. That's he should. Oh, he absolutely should recuse himself. The question is, what do we do if he doesn't recuse mm-hmm. himself? Oh. They have been trying to destroy Clarence Thomas before he even stepped foot in the Supreme Court. Because in their heart of hearts, as I wrote in chapter two of the Democrat part hates America, they're racists. Oh, they'll spend trillions of dollars winning over the vote of that community. Oh, yes, they will. But if you don't share their Marxist agenda, if you don't join in with the Democrat Party or MSNBC like Michael Steele or CNN or the rest of it, they hate you. Especially because you're black. They're racists. Clarence Thomas hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't violated any law. Not like Joe Biden. Joe Biden, oh, well, communist money, Russian money, Ukrainian money, got money coming out of his ass. Oh, oh don't look there. Joe Biden's in it. No investigation, no ethics, no, no. He's fine. And stop picking on Hunter. Come on. Leave the Biden family. But Clarence Thomas. And they brutalize him and his wife. It's a free shot, see? Because they're not leftists. They go against the, uh, against the grain. Clarence Thomas needs to turn into Michael Steele. Then they'll pat him on the back and everything will go swell. Clarence Thomas shifts hard left. Most ethical man in the history of mankind. We know the game here. We know what's going on. But the question is, what do we do if he doesn't recuse himself, he says. And the answer should have been, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, tough guy? Mm Mm-hmm. But he's not done. Mr. Constitutional Scholar is not done. 
And, of course, CNN gets no ratings anyway, but they, they promote these people. He's not considered a radical extremist. No, no, no. He's mainstream. This guy's genius. Cut three, go. How, uh, how quickly do you think... How did you get your job, Dana Bash? Seriously, I want to know. You're a moron. You're predictable. You're monotonous. Oh, that's how you got your job, actually. Go ahead. How, uh, how quickly do you think that the Supreme Court will weigh in on this? If they will at all. You assume that they will, right? Yeah. I mean, under constitutional federalism, every state is ultimately going to control its own ballot access and access to candidates for... Excuse me, let's stop a second. Every state doesn't get to interpret the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, which is part of the federal Constitution. I don't, I don't understand his point. Now he's a federalist. Now he believes in federalism. Okay, we're talking about the 14th Amendment, Section 3. Every state gets to decide what its state rules are, 100%. But that's not what Colorado did on the Supreme Court. That's not what that maniac lunatic did in Maine. They just say, he's guilty of insurrection. Come on now, everybody knows that. Even the other three damn Democrats on the Colorado Supreme Court said, the hell are you talking about? This hasn't been adjudicated. The idiot in Maine says, I've decided, one person. But here's the point, and some people are starting to repeat it on Fox, and I'm very proud of them, because I raised it in September. I'm very proud of them. It was adjudicated. By the United States Senate in the second impeachment trial. Such as it was. He was found innocent. But Mark, you know, that's a super mature. Excuse me. I'm not well Mark anything. They didn't convict him. Despite all the media, despite all the Democrats, all the insurrection. In fact... As my friend Senator Mike Lee has pointed out, not a single person has been charged with insurrection. Not one. Ooh. That would have been a good question for Dana, but unfortunately, she's got the dummy resume, which gets her a job at CNN. Go ahead. The ballot. Um, And that is obviously difficult when we're talking about electing the president, who is the one official we've got in America who is supposed to represent the entire country, represent everybody. And so I think that the urgency is for the Supreme Court to act. But um, I think it's going to be tough for some of them if they want to keep Trump on the ballot, if they're falling for the argument that this is undemocratic. I mean, is it undemocratic? that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jennifer Granholm can't run for president. See, this is what the Marxists do. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. The issue is not whether it's undemocratic. The issue is what's constitutional. Because if you believe in pure democracy, you would completely dismantle the federal bureaucracy, which this guy wants to constantly expand and increase. So he doesn't stand for democracy. He doesn't stand for constitutional republicanism. He's a Marxist. An American Marxist. I wrote a whole book on it. What does the Constitution say? Well, Arnold and Jennifer can't run for president. They weren't born here. 
That's pretty smart, if you ask me. has nothing to do with those two. But you see, the framers of the Constitution, many of whom were founders, were concerned about immigration. We're concerned about assimilation. They were concerned about factionalism. And we have it all right now, thanks to the thugs like this. All of it. Everything they were concerned about. They were brilliant. This guy's a thug. And if he had his way, think about what this country would really look like. If a single official, Democrat official in a state, can decide on her own that a candidate from the other party can't be on the ballot, can't run in her state just because she claims he violates Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Just think about the precedent that would set. Now I want to remind you of Jamie Ratskin on the floor of the House in 2017 I want to remind you, and he'll say, well, this is constitutional. That's not the point. The point is your motivation. You're totalitarian. That's what you are. And these reporters are, too. Either, either that or they're just too damn stupid to challenge you. And that's why you won't come on the show. You're a coward. You're a coward. Jamie, you're a coward. Come on the show. You're a coward. Here he is on the floor of the House, 2017, objecting to Trump electors. Even though he didn't have any ground to stand on. None. Because he would have done anything to stop Trump, which is why he was involved in the impeachments, why he was involved in the January 6th committee, which is why he's going on TV lying through his yellow teeth, which is why he's a fraud and a phony and a fool. Cut four, go. Mr. President, the certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Florida seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Donald J. Trump of the state of New York received 29 votes for president, and Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana received 29 votes for vice president. What purpose is member right? Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual debate office holding. Debate is out of order. Section 15 and 17 of the Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both members of the House of Representatives, both a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. And the senator. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member, but by a senator, House, but also by a senator? Is in writing, no. Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be. And that's Biden serving as the president, of the, the vice president serving as the president. I mean, he did exactly the right thing. So the constitutional expert knows, I know, everybody who works in this field knows, you need a senator. He didn't have a senator. But he didn't give an S. And he never does. He doesn't even like the framers of the Constitution. These people wave around the Constitution, pretend to interpret it. They just assume burn it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Yes, after the bottom of the hour, you see how phony these 
these Sunday shows are, right? I'm going to give you another example. This is why do not waste your time. Although, I have to say, I wasted a lot of time watching the Philadelphia Eagles against St. Louis. Not St. Louis, against the uh, Cardinals, Mr. Producer. Man, do they look pathetic. I walk around with my Eagles hat. I had to take it off, Rich. Your Steelers are, are on the move, actually. I don't know what happened to the Eagles, but the uh, not the wheel fell off. All four wheels fell off. I don't know what the hell is going on with them. And then that Detroit game, the refs, oh my God. I mean, it's all in the press. Everybody knows, but what a disaster. But the college games were fun, I have to admit. I'll be right back. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, for, for quite a while we talked about news, how it's concocted, how it's fictionalized in the book called Unfreedom of the Press a couple years back. And one of the phrases that I like to use, and I did not invent it, is pseudo-events, pseudo-news. In other words, it's not really news, it's concocted. And you see this day in and day out on television. And I'll give you a perfect example of it. ABC's This Week. You've got a guy named John Carl. John Carl is a hack. He's a Trump hater. Now, if you're a hack and a Trump hater, you shouldn't be covering Trump. Maybe you should be covering something else. Maybe you should be sent over, you know, to Lebanon to cover Hezbollah and so forth. But because of one's viewpoint, personal viewpoint, you shouldn't be covering the subject. You've written two books off. You've grifted off of it. So they have a great idea there over ABC for their Sunday show. They have Alyssa Farah Griffin, reprobate. Matthews and Hutchison, two more reprobates, in my humble opinion. So they have three disgruntled Trump haters, former employees, who've been very public in their hate for Trump. Two of them have written books. Pretty amazing. You never see this with Biden or Obama or any of these other people, do you? No, 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 it's Trump. Not to say they're not out there. The media just has no interest in them. Remember that? The young lady, Tara, I forget her last name. What was her last name, Mr. Producer? You remember? Not Reed. Isn't that an actress or something? Anyway, it is Reed. Tara Reed, remember her? She had a very significant accusation against Biden, accusing her of effectively rape. She now lives in Russia because nobody would listen to her. They gave her a short interview on one of the networks, and that was that. Sure, she'd written a book. They wouldn't have given a damn. But here are these three. And then John Carl, who's a Trump hater. He shouldn't even be covering Trump. But the media have no standards. So listen to this. Griffin, Matthews, Hutchison. I mean, Griffin's taking her grift all the way to the view. Nobody who wants any kind of a serious reputation joins the view. Nobody. They're a bunch of yentas. And worse. Cut eight, go. Donald Trump became
became president again, what would a second Trump term look like? Now, there you have it. He's asking three people. He knows the answer. Yeah, Donald Trump. Uh, you know, what happened to the good old days? The old 60 minutes and stuff like that. Instead, we get these hacks, these low IQ morons. Uh, let's start it over. Cut eight, go. Donald Trump became president again. What would a second Trump term look like? Fundamentally, a second Trump term could mean the end of American democracy as we know it. And I, I don't say that lightly. All right, America, everybody. So what is she doing to prepare for it? She bought any land in Idaho? She got dual citizenship with Canada? What is she? Nothing. So she's not serious about it. She knows what she needs to say. She knows which side of the what is it? Bread is buttered for her. That's the truth. Democracy as we know it, ladies and gentlemen, they're just, this is the thing. They're destroying our constitutional republic. They're trying to do it in the states, on the ballots. They're trying to do it with 91 charges against Donald Trump, the candidate. They're trying to destroy this republic. They've even claimed under the 14th Amendment that if a Democrat's president, they have dictatorial power to raise taxes, to borrow, and to spend, eviscerating the, the core power of the House of Representatives and really Congress as a whole. So that she talks about, I, I don't say that lightly. Who gives a crap what you say, actually? Who cares what you say? Go ahead. Trying to steal a Democratic election before and going to historic and unconstitutional lengths to do so. What unconstitutional lengths did Donald Trump go through? Which one? I mean, honest to God, he wasn't charged with anything. He wasn't even charged with violating the Constitution. Insurrection, don't you know? So what part of the Constitution did he violate? I'm curious. I'm, I'm relatively familiar with it. Go ahead. And that just shows that he's willing to basically break every barrier to get into power and to stay in power. But he didn't power. break every power to get into power, every barrier to get into power. He left office. He left office. There was no insurrection. He offered the National Guard. This is the one thing they can't, they can't, they can't square with their propaganda. So they never bring it up. But the purpose of this is not to get real information or news he knows exactly what they're going to say go ahead also um i'm very concerned what, about what the term would actually look like we don't need to speculate what a second trump uh, term would Matthews. look like because we already saw it play out to this day he still doubles down on the fact that he thinks that the election was so stolen. What? stop so what al gore thinks his election was stolen hillary clinton thinks her election was stolen so what? Well, that shows they don't believe in democracy. No, it doesn't. I mean, John Kerry thought the election was stolen from him. So if Gore, Kerry, Hillary, they all thought the elections were stolen from them. That's different. How? You know, it just is. Go ahead. Fraudulent. And then his rhetoric has just gotten increasingly erratic. Are you I mean, talking about Biden? I think Biden's rhetoric's very erratic. Go ahead. 
for things like doing away with parts of the Constitution. No, he hasn't. If she's talking about convention of states, which she has no clue what she's talking about, it's not doing away with parts of the Constitution. It's supporting the entire Constitution, every part of it. Doing away with the Constitution would be Jamie Raskin, would be the Colorado Supreme Court, would be the imbecile in Maine, would be the leftists in our country that attack the Constitution left and right. You see how they twist things? You see how perverse this entire thing is? Go ahead. Denies the DOJ to enact revenge on his political enemies. The fact that he feels that he needs to lean into being a dictator alone shows that he is a weak and feeble man yeah. who has no sense of character and integrity and has no and, sense and of you leadership. you for him for a long time. This is whether she didn't think he was weak and feeble when she was getting a paycheck. He leaned into the dictator thing. He cracked a joke. You can't, you can't do that. He's Hitler. You can't do that. When you're Hitler and you lean into being Hitler, you can't, you can't do that. None of them have anything serious to say. It's like Bill Barr, honestly. Bill Barr worked with Trump and worked closely with Trump for several couple of years, give or take. And it wasn't until December when they, when they were in, at, at odds on digging into election issues. That they, uh, that they came at sword points. And Bill Barr's all over, hey, he's not copy, he's not this. Well, if you thought that, wouldn't you have known that like in the first month, two, first year? Why didn't you resign? Because he's another one, to be perfectly honest with you. He's another one. Yeah, okay. Sunday show. But there's John Carl. I'm surprised he didn't have a Maggie Haberman on, Mister. They should have the whole gang there, don't you think? There's Maggie. Uh, bring Brian Stelter in. Is he still alive? Is he still around? I don't even know. I think he had a book out, didn't he? It sold about 12 copies. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, wow! Over Christmas time, you bought 20,000 copies. In a very short period of time, of the Democrat Party hates America. I wasn't even on the air. <clears throat> I want to thank you for that. Uh, I used to love Barnes & Noble. Literally. I did. My family. I used to sit in there, love going through the books. Maybe I'd sit down, have a, a bagel, whatever the hell they have there. No, excuse me, it's more high. Scone. Scone. I don't like Scones. Where do we import that from? Britain, Mr. Bidu? I don't remember, but it doesn't matter. Used to sit there, used to enjoy it, used to go through the philosophy section, the current events, the political, other, you know, look, that's the way I am. That's the way I am. Some people go to islands on the dime of billionaire donors. I, I, you know, I used to go to Barnes & Noble. So anyway, I will never go, and I'll never step my foot in another Barnes & Noble. We've done maybe eight, maybe ten book signings at the major Barnes & Noble at Tyson's Corner in Virginia. We've made them a lot of money. And for them to hide my book in the back or to have a few copies on the shelf when it was number one on the New York Times list, and we heard this from all over the country, is disgusting. And we'll never step into another Barnes & Noble, period. And they're supposed to be, oh, we're all about free speech. You know, it's like the college campuses. 
And when I wrote the book, The Democrat Party Hates America, I knew that title would cause some people to shrink. I didn't expect an entire book-selling retail corporation to shrink. To shrink. And yet we still killed it. You did. And I want to thank you. And hopefully we... We're changing minds and so forth. And as a reminder, and it doesn't even matter that much to me anymore, but for you, you can get it at Amazon.com at $15 a book, Mr. Magician. And so, of course, the left that can't even read a book, certainly can't read any of mine. There's too many complicated words like liberal in there. Oh, it's already on the discount shelf. No, it's not. It's not on any discount shelf. These companies have discounts across the board for bestsellers. And the bigger the book, the bigger the discount. Because Amazon's about moving product as fast as they can, as much as they can. Not about how much they make off each product. It's about, for them, quantity. Quantity. And so they knocked 50% off. 15 bucks a book? Just in time for the election, you can still take advantage of it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tomorrow morning, New York City land and beyond, I'll be on Sid and, the, Sid and his friend's show. Sid's a great guy. Well, why aren't you fighting with him like six? We don't fight anymore. We're brothers. In fact, when Sid texts me, he always says, love you, and I say, love you too. It's a man thing, but not that kind of man thing, if you get my drift, Mr. Producer. Yes, he's a good man. I really like him a lot. Always have, actually. California, when I was a kid growing up, California, Here We Come, was a fantastic song. It was the state everybody wanted to go to. Not only is it the most beautiful state, or a lot of us think so, but the opportunities there were fantastic. Entrepreneurship was embraced. Hollywood was there. Just fantastic. All different kinds of food grown there. It was the land of opportunity and the country of opportunity. Not anymore. Because the Democrats have destroyed California. The way they've destroyed New York and Illinois. The way they destroy every damn thing they touch. Every city, every state. Everything. Because that's who they are. They're they're a wrecking ball. California takes the gold medal for state. More people left than anywhere else in 2023. It's really quite shocking. Washington Examiner, more people fled California than any other state last year as the great exodus from northern cities to southern states continues post-pandemic. Oh, it must be these MAGA bigots. No. Red-blooded Americans that make this country work. California's dying. California's going to go broke unless the federal government bails it out. And the federal government's dying. And the federal government's going broke, as I've warned you before. 
In the next 12 to 18 months, the interest on our national debt, listen to this, is going to be greater than the defense budget. Now, what happens when interest rates go to 8, 9, 10%, as they do from time to time? It'll break the bank. And they're still wanting to spend more money. And that's why the conservatives and the Republicans are going to have to hold the line at some point. And that's why, let me repeat, I rejected the effort to get rid of Kevin McCarthy, who, with a number of members from the Freedom Caucus, like our buddy Chip Roy, but others as well, had put together the most conservative budget proposal since Ronald Reagan. But that idiot, what's his name? I can't even remember his name from Florida. What is his name, Mr. Producer? Gates, that's right, Gates. We don't hear about him anymore, do we? But that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. It's California. People are fleeing. Citizens are fleeing. The economy's dying. The debt's going through the roof under the great Gavin Newsom. Oh, he's so charismatic. Oh, he's so slick. Hey, he could be the next president. God forbid. Now we read here, California becomes the first state to offer health insurance to all undocumented immigrants, a.k.a. illegal aliens. Gee, what's that going to do? That won't attract too many more people, will it, Mr. Medusa? And they keep voting for this, for this economic illiterate, because he knows how to put oil in his hair and to do a Bill Clinton imitation, and he's so charismatic. No, he's not. He's a clown. Well, it's good to be back. We've got many more shows coming this year. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world, men and women fighting in Ukraine, men and women fighting in Israel. God bless you. And most of all, God bless you and my audience. Thank you. I'm blessed to have you. And I'll see you tomorrow.